looked at. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Oh. I, I I like the the thing with the with the the, the thumbs. Uh, thing, and the things I things I've played. Yeah, I mean, how do you do that? Uh, it's so good. Lo- lo- lots of time putting the podcast so together, good. I guess. And then, like all the 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 things you the, the listen with the ears, yeah, things I listen to. You're so good at it, oh. and and all the 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 skits and your hair. Oh, thank you. I'm, I very much and like my hair. It's <laughs> it's so pretty, and like all the 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 voice the voices that you did, and and all of that the 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 comedy bits. They're good and funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you need a glass of water? Uh, I think I've got water. I've got water! <laughs> I love you. Have a good night. <laughs> I need to pee. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where we have a bit of a catch-up and do silly voices and skits and there's two queer trans ladies. That is us. How you doing? I'm really good. (laughs) (laughs) I told you not... Like, at least you're complimentary drunk, but you really shouldn't get drunk before the podcast. I want to talk to you about things that you've played now. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm still... I'm still recovering from from big, big long stream the other day. I'm amazing. It went really well, but I did I did a big twelve hour long stream, and that's longer than I normally stream for. That's a lot of time to be social. You well raised ten thousand dollars. Heck, the Bell yes, uh, the Bell Project. It's a good charity. You should check them out. We'll probably talk about them a bit later. I'll probably mention them. Oh heck, heck! But shall we do that thing we usually do at the start of the podcast, where we talk about things we've played things this week? Things we've played, yeah. Well, what have you played this week? What have I played? Well, I got that, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot. The the uh, itch.io. Uh, I can pull up the full name of the bundle. Uh, it is. Uh, it is the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. A good, indeed, a good. It, yeah, it is. It is a charity bundle that currently has over a thousand games in it. That's a lot of video games for a minimum five dollar donation to charity. Indeed. So I'm I'm assuming, like me, you've been playing some games from this charity bundle. I have indeed. I've tried a few out. Tell me about the games you've tried in these in the, in the charity bundle. In the charity bundle, uh, well, let's see. I started off with um, Extreme Meat Punks Forever. Oh yes, you played some of this. No, I, I think I ended up playing more of it than you. I, th- I think I played about half of it. Probably about that, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's about six chapters. Yeah, and I've long. got like some of the way through chapter three. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to introduce it and then I'll sort of take off? Cool. Uh, yeah. It's about a group of people who live in a world where there is mech fighting but the mechs are like meat gundams yeah meat gundams is the right term for it they're sort of like they're definitely very organic squishy nerve filled yeah you sort of climb into the ribcage thing and jam your head yeah. back against a spike and it connects you to all the it, it connects to like your your n- central nervous system it's not like and you it, know it's um, neuro, no, nervous system becomes part of yeah you. but also like it, it seems like there is something perhaps uh, 
there is something in you're not just like I am now me, but in the mech, it's like oh no, my men- and my emotions are all intensified, and I can feel all the sensory inputs from, from I the am whole thing. Ultra Brad. Yeah, everyone seems to have their sort of personality of like this is who what I feel like once I am in the meat mech. It's a the meat mech. Close the rib cage around you. Yeah, the characters are really interesting. Mm. Uh, I. I can pro- Liliana, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Liana? L- L- Liana, Liana. She was really cool. She's very badass. Yeah. Uh, she is in a wheelchair. Yep. And still has accessibility to meet Meg. Indeed. Which is very cool. And um, there's Sam, who is uh, a gay black guy. Yeah. His his he's whole more of a farmer. Yeah, he's a farmer, and his whole deal is like. He lives in small rural town. I'm going to say America. I don't know if it's America, but it feels like the aftermath of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and his only friend and the only other gay person in town he knows is moving away. And he's like, oh shit, I'm alone in tiny small town America now. Which is full of fascists. Yeah. Um, Li- uh, Liana, who we were saying before, like, she's very, she's got a lot of, she's got a lot of anger in her. She's very like... Fuck it, I want to do... St- like, she's she's the kind of person I could imagine at the front of a protest march, like, screaming fuck you at cops. Yeah. That kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, she's got real badass energy. Yeah. Um, like, nothing's going to stop her, and um, she's... Yeah, she's going to, like, organise and get stuff done, and if yeah. if something's not being done, she'll be like, hey, I can make that happen. She's she's very, like, go, 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 be, be, be doing things. Yeah. Uh, there's Cass... Who is non-binary and sort of bit shy? Yeah, not super open to um, connecting with other people, and that gets explored in the latter half of the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I don't want to say about why that is, but I think it's really interesting. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean the the bits yeah. I played with them, uh, I think they had less interaction than uh, I had with most of the other characters. Yeah, they they definitely are a latter a latter half of the game character. I think. Uh, and there's Brad. Brad, big old, big old nerd. So nerdy. He's, he's meme trash. He, he, yeah, absolutely. He he dabs and he, like, when he introduces himself to the, is it Meat Punks group or Meat uh, Freaks? Yeah, yeah, the Meat Punks. Meat Punks. Um, he's like, uh, I'm Brad, he, him, and I never fucking learned how to read. Yeah. <laughs> can I tell you my favourite inconsequential fact about Brad? He can speak verbally in ASCII. Yes. He knows how to speak ASCII, and I fucking <laughs> love that. Yeah. There's, a, there's at least one time where someone's like, how did you say how, that? How did you make that sound with your mouth? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, they, they are very sweet characters. Um, yeah. I think I the bit I got to, we just met a youth pastor. Oh, yes, yes. The, uh, the, the sun-worshipping youth pastor. Ed, who's like, I'm out here to find out what the sun's plots are. Yeah, what's the sun up to? It's got a secret. So what's the sun... Hiding from us. Well, I mean, from what I can tell, it's it's too hot. It's too it's hot. Burning all the people up. What's it? What's it doing that for? Desertifying. Well, I imagine that was probably humans that yeah. did that. <laughs> Take a wild stab. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but the the mechs like have to be fed blood. So instead yeah. of petrol stations, they're like just blood stations. Yeah. Uh, and the other important thing about this world is. Oh, there, there are fascists. There's the fascists everywhere. And the fascists, uh, the cops are not afraid to be aligned with the fascists. Not in, even slightly. Because, like, the thing that kicks this game off is, oh, you, you got in a fight with a fascist in self-defense, but turns out that fascist's dad is a cop. Fuck. Yeah, so now we have to run out of town. Yeah, we've got to... We've got our lives behind. Yeah, and then you sort of just 
across the country. Meet Gundam Road Trip. Yeah. Meet Gundam Road Trip beating up fascists. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of half visual novel, half Gundam combat. Like, very basic indie combat game. The art for the characters is really good. Like, mm. the, the the profile pictures for them. Yeah. But then you've also got, like, the backgrounds for, like, locations. Oh, God. And it's all, like, ASCII, but with coloured in sections. Yeah, it's colourful, like, t- 2D scenes, but with, like, ASCII for the... All of the outlines of things? All of the outlines are, are like, ASCII, but, like, you might have... Like a notice board or something, and they might have coloured all of the paper on the notice board different colours. Yeah, it's a real interesting visual yeah, style. I wasn't sold at first, but I, I got happier with it the, the more it went yeah. on. Yeah, it is a very interesting game. And um, I might play more of it. I got. Honestly, I found the combat a bit frustrating. Yeah. And I know there are ways to skip the combat, but it felt like. Like, I don't usually play visual novels. Yeah. I I've I we've had this conversation before. I like a good visual novel because mm-hmm. as someone that can't really picture books, it's like ah, it's a book, but there are there are pictures. Yes. I, I I just I just I, like, I need picture books. That's what I need. Yeah, we should be allowed to have picture books. Yeah, uh, which is what visual novels are great for. But um, yeah. So do you want to talk about the 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 combat? Because you that was your, the big thing that sort of put you off. Yes. So you got uh WSD to control. Yes, it's a sort of top down perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's very sort of chunky pixels. Yeah. It feels a bit like thrashed together in uh, MS Paint. Hmm. Um. And then you've got, like, left attack will be your basic sort of, like, swing attack of some sort. And it's got, like, a, a, a sort of visual range on it. Hmm. Just, like, there's sort of, like, an energy field thing that comes out when you do that. And then your right click will very much depend on what character you are. So yeah. somebody will have, like, a blink effect. Somebody will have, um, like, a if you're travelling fast, you will can just stop all your momentum. Yep. Or you can speed yourself up to give yourself extra momentum to do a bigger hit. Mm-hmm. It's all, all yeah. like nice, interesting character stuff that each one can do differently. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I found Brad Brad's one probably the easiest because he's got this thing where he can do like a real big punch, but it will knock him out as well. Yeah, so if, can... so if that's like the last person you're knocking yeah. out, if you can get the enemy like cl- within a certain range, you're just like fuck it, done. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all useful for different things. Mm-hmm. He's also got really good recovery from um, knockouts. Yeah. So if you do happen to sort of double knockout with somebody, you will probably be the first one back up. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. And you have you finished it now, Billy? Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's what I'll say about the the combat. Um. I kind of wish there was a visual indicator around your mech that would sort of go like current, so that you wouldn't have to look for where your mouse was on the screen. That would go. Currently, you're aiming in this direction yeah. with your punch. It it'd be useful to not have to keep track of your exact mouse location on screen. Mm-hmm. I you know I I adapted to it. I got used to that. That took a little work. Um, the main thing I had a lot of trouble with is early on in the game. Uh, the the way you win these mech fights is by knocking other mechs like out of the arena or off a cliff or you know out of bounds and. A lot of the early locations have, like, three safe walls that you can't be knocked out of and one that's like, knock them out over here. Mm. And that's... I assume the reasoning for that is fewer places for you, the player, to get knocked off. You know, that'll make it easier for you at the start. But in practice, it means, okay, well, 
Unless I can get around this one specific side of them, I can't even start pushing them towards defeat. Yep. And like, if they're in a corner, it's like, oh, I've got to try and lead you far enough away from the corner that I can sneak behind you and stop you getting in the corner, and now I'm in the corner, now I can push you out of the way. Um, the, the first little while, I didn't think... I, I didn't get on great with the combat. Mm-hmm. I found it difficult, I found it a bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say to people who find the game interesting but are getting frustrated with that early combat is don't be afraid to skip a couple of those early ones if if you're getting frustrated. And to do that, you um, would need to fall off. Yeah, you, you need to die once. Just go throw yourself off the side if, if you're getting frustrated um, and click skip. Um, I think... Otherwise you'll do what I did, which is just stay in combat for ages. Like, I'm alive, I'm not dying, they're not dying either. Yeah, no. Uh... If, if you're fr- fully those first few times... Just throw yourself off if you're getting frustrated and keep, and keep going with the interesting world building. Once you start getting to the, the, the maps where, like, two or, or you know, even later, three of the, the sides of the arena are places you can knock people off, then maybe give it another shot. I think it, op- mm. it opens up and, up and works a lot better then. Yeah, because early on it is a case of, like, there is just one more you can get past and we're just going to move the obstacles around. Yes. So it's like, here is a big open side. Now here is a big open inside, but there's one thing in the middle. Now here's, like, there's, like, a whole nook on one side, yeah. so you would have to get things out of that crevice and then knock yeah. them towards the hole. It, it works much better once once it opens up a second wall. Yeah. Um, And I'd say, like, it there is a lot of fun to be found in that combat system, but... You're gonna have to deal with those first couple of levels being a bit janky and going. Okay, I'm not having fun with this level. I'll just throw myself off and I'll try the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, narratively, it's fantastic. Um, there's more characters that are introduced after where you dropped off playing. That mm-hmm. again, they keep up a good level of uh, diversity going ahead in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up for a sequel, which has been kickstarted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the sort of cliffhangery, like the the ending they have, is very very interesting. Um, the sequel they have contact they have raised money to pay an an outside developer with more experience in the non visual novel side to d- to do the mech combat. Okay. For the second one, so the sequel will have hopefully better mech combat, which would be cool. nice. Um, they get they're like we have some money. This did all right. Please, please help us improve that bit. We, we can do plot. We can do yeah. plot and story and characters. Yeah. So I, I think at the very least it's worth pushing through in the hopes that the, the sequel will... It seems like they're aware of where their weaknesses were and are working mm. on that for a next one. Mm. Um, there are some real powerful scenes in this. Um, wh- one thing I really appreciated in the latter half of the game is without spoiling the content of scenes in advance, it does a good job of going, hey, look, here's some options you have Warning, this one's going to be a bit emotionally intense. We'll give you a heads up on that one now. So, if like, you read the readme, there is a, an extensive spoiler, uh, a, yeah. a trigger warning list. That's it. it. It's got like, hey, look, if you want if you want the trigger warnings, they're there in the readme. If you don't want trigger warnings, but you just want to know this one's going to be a bit intense, you know, maybe, you know, that option is there. Mm. It gives you a warning going into the last chapter, like, hey, this last chapter is going to be a little bit intense here. Just, you know, pre-warning you. It does a lot to sort of give you... Give you signposts so that you know when something that might be a bit like, okay, I should probably be ready for this, mm-hmm. uh, comes up. Yeah, I I really like it. I am very excited to see what happens with a sequel to this. Yeah. Heck. Well, have, you, have you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I've played some other things from that bundle. Um, 
I definitely not played as much of some of the other things. Um, mm -hmm. I played a game called That Puzzle Game Everyone Knows, but I can't call it that for legal reasons. Um, the image for this game was just a cube with a face on it, and I'm not going to lie, I initially assumed it was going to be a knockoff of Thomas Was Alone. Uh, no, this is this is Tetris for PC. Um, it is Tetris for PC, where all the Tetris blocks have little faces on them, and all of the music is played on a kazoo. So it's a okay. kazoo rendition of the Tetris theme. And it's just it's just a nice port of Tetris on the PC that is definitely not Tetris. Sorry, it's that puzzle game everyone knows, but I can't call it that for legal reasons. Um so that's that's in that charity bundle. If if that if that, that puzzle game everyone knows about is a thing you're craving to play on PC, it's in that bundle. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I played or played a bit of uh, Mune Base. Oh yes, yeah. it's Cats on the Moon. I'm it's guessing Cats on the Moon. Cats on the Moon. I had a little calico kitty in a, in a pink helmet called Smudge. Oh. Because obviously, of course. Yeah. Um, I played some of the tutorial. The it's crafting in and surviving in space, and yeah. it has very, very, very needy bars. Yeah. Oh, you you you're a cat on on the moon. You're gonna need some oxygen and some energy if you're gonna run that flashlight because it's really freaking dark at night. And you're gonna need some food, and you're gonna need some some uh, some, some other stuff too. And you've got a health bar, and there is stuff literally everywhere. Yeah. So it just throws too many meters at you at once that all go down too quickly before you've had a chance to really yeah there's there's four meters two of which go down like really really quickly it's despite the fact you have a flashlight it's barely worth using okay there's just so many resources around it's like well i need to unlock like a whole nother level of research before i've even got somewhere to put these things otherwise i'm just harvesting shit and chucking it on the ground near my base so oh. I can pick it up. It's like, oh, that's not ideal. No. And it's like, well, okay. That. What am I going to do when I need rocks to to start? Yeah. Hopefully, getting to a point of making electronics. It's like there's, there's stuff that's greyed out, stuff that you know that you need other things mm -hmm. to get to. But it seems like there's an awful lot. And the the one of the problems I had with Forager was like, I've got so much stuff. And I don't have like just a just a dump bin to put things in. Mm. So you're presenting me with all these cool things to pick up. I don't know what to prioritize because you haven't told me that yet. Yeah, you haven't had enough time in the game to know what is useful. Also, until I dig it up, I don't even know what most of this is. Yeah. 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 So I, I played that. I'm I might go back to it another time when I'm presented with less games at once. Yes, it's and... one of those, like, this is frustrating me enough that I don't feel the desire to play it over a thousand other things I could be playing. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, fair. What about you? Have you got any others? Uh, I started playing another visual novel uh, today. Uh, definitely more of a straightforward visual novel. It's mm -hmm. called Three Lesbians in a Barrow. Um, it is a furry uh, dating sim visual novel-y game. Um... Basically, you've got three university students, uh, all very different personalities, who have been sort of wedged together on a university research project, and they're researching this sort of, um, so I guess it'd be like a tomb, and they're like, oh, it's fine, we'll go write a paper about it, and it's supposed to be sealed, and it's open, and they go wandering in going, oh yeah, we'll, you know, we'll do, have, a, have a look around, you know, write, write about it for the paper, and oops, roof caves in, they are trapped inside, uh... 
ensues les- lesbian antics ensue while trapped in a confined space. Uh, it's got a very enemies to lovers kind of energy, where it's like this is this is three people who do not get on well with each other, who have sort of been wedged together in pairings, but when forced to work together and cooperate in a you know in a tense enclosed scenario, they perhaps put yeah. their differences aside and nuzzle. Yeah, exactly. They'll put their differences aside and realise, actually, we're three cute lesbians in a barrow, maybe we should make the best of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not hugely deep into it yet, but, I mean, the character art is adorable, and uh, all the characters are written to be very different to each other, and it's it's been nice so far seeing the sort of like, okay, I can see how you're building these characters and where, where they're gonna clash and grow. What about you? Have you played anything else? I've played an awful lot of Lena's Inception. Yes, I'm playing that tomorrow. It was on my, my most anticipated indie games of the year list. It's rather good. It's in it's in that, that bundle. It's rather good. Yeah, it's a Zelda-y one, isn't it? It's a procedurally generated Zelda-like. Uh, I don't know how the procedural generation works. I think it just, like, the maps for individual levels. So, like, the, um, like, the dungeons... You get a, like, generating area as you go into them the first time. Um, There's these weird caves that you'll sometimes find inside dungeons. Hmm. Like a dungeon in a dungeon. And you might get some, like, extra pickup stuff. Hmm. The plot is very, very silly. Yeah, it, it... I'm aware from from when I was covering this game before it came out, there's like, here's a mockery of that, it's dangerous to go alone, but there's blood sort of smeared across the floor and... Oh, before you even get to that. Well, yeah, yeah. So basically, you're a teacher, <laughs> hmm. and you just sort of wander into the back room, it's like, oh, here's a two by four, okay, glass, I'm just popping outside, and as soon as you go outside, like, your whole school just starts glitching, and you yep. can't back in, go back in, and, and then she's like, oh... Okay, uh, I don't know how to fix this. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna go and and just find out what's going on. Mm. So you have this chicken called Henrietta that's sort of leading you around. <laughs> she leads you to uh, the 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 hero mm. whose name escapes me. I think it begins <laughs> with an L, but it's not Link. <laughs> uh, he's wearing a blue tunic and pointy hat. Yes, yes. So you take um, him into the tutorial. Area. Yes, and does he die? Is this he dies almost yes. immediately? Yes, the hit, the legendary hero dies in like oh shit, fuck! <laughs> Literally, like he goes and stands in one side of a room, like it, pretty much in your first room. Yeah. Something falls out of the ceiling on his head, immediately killing him. Yes, yes. And you're like, okay, I I guess I'll do this now. Yes, I. As soon as you started describing meeting this hero, I was like, oh god, I I yes, I remember. I remember what this game's plot is. Shortly after that, you find a uh, like a a cave, and it's yeah. got that like it's dangerous to go alone, and then just like blood smeared. <laughs> yeah. And the elder is dead in a corner. Now you go on the Zelda adventure. Uh, you got to go and save the prince. Uh, because the bank's foreclosed on him. <laughs> uh, basically, he's been dethroned by the bank, who've, who've basically taken over, uh, got rid of all your palace guards. So there's a lot of, like, I'm going to stop this fat cat, and, and I'm, I've got to stop them doing all of all of that stuff. Hmm. Curious. Uh, what else was there? There's there, There's some dark power who is doing creating all the bosses Ooh. and like teaching all the bosses <laughs> so like as you defeat one boss you'll get like tips about the next boss 
Yeah. And obviously in typical Zelda fashion, like, oh, you've discovered, you've you've beaten this dungeon. Cool. Now you have the power to pick up heavy things, which means you've mm. unlocked more of the map. Yeah. Now you can jump over holes. Now you can swim in and stuff. It's expanding really well. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got almost all of the, the eight things that I had to get at the beginning, but I'm wondering if it's going to be like a link to the pasty and be like, that's it. You've got those things. Now do it a completely whole other bit because I've unlocked less than half of the map, I think, at this point. Yeah. And so far it's not had that issue that sometimes happens with procedural games where it's like, I can feel that this wasn't designed. It feels like it was built in chunks. Yeah. And then like put in in such a way like the game knows, okay, I can only put these chunks in these particular places yeah. so that they work. Yes. Um, so, while I'm sure it is entirely random, it doesn't feel too bad. Yeah. There is some some repetition of enemies, of like, here is a blue version, here is a grey version, here yeah. is a red version. But they, they act differently enough, and there is enough else going on in the game. You have companions. So, as I said, you start with Henrietta, who just looks angry <laughs> and doesn't really do anything. Uh, I then had um, Gordon... Who is a oh, pumpkin? Gordon the pumpkin. Gordon the pumpkin, and uh, he uh, just attacks freaking everything. <laughs> like he, he'll just like it, there. There are some rooms where I'll be like, I don't like that enemy, oh. and other rooms where I'll just be like, Yeah, fucking come on then, <laughs> and we'll just just completely uh, attack your enemies. Um, apparently, there's a bat as well that also attacks things. Oh. Um, I've currently got the librarian hanging out with me. Yeah. Um they they are fun. I've been running around finding books. Uh one concept warning there is a, a Harry Potter reference in one of the books. Uh um Yes. Uh unfortunate. Uh, yeah. It's it's like they're trying to do parody stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. It, it's something I didn't need to think about this week to be honest. I mean this week in particular, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I'm really eager to give that a go. I I, I was tempted to, to give it a play today, but I wanted to get through through extreme meat punks forever. Oh. I, wanted to, I wanted to find out what the deal with their meat mechs was. Yeah, my meat Gundams. Meat Gundam. What about you? Have you played any others? Uh, the only other one I've played this week, I think, is... um. A really short autobiographical game um, called Escort Yourself Out. Okay. Um, so it's a game that deals with how to survive trauma and trauma triggers, um, and particularly sort of being there for other people to keep them safe in the way that maybe you yourself needed someone to keep you safe, you know, when you were younger, when mm. these things happened. Um, it's sort of personified, at least at first, as the sort of adult version of this character sort of walking hand in hand with the younger version of themselves, trying to sort of... Um, trying to say things to reassure them to sort of or to distract them from things that are about to happen or you have once per level where you can sort of just get out of a situation fully you can sort of just walk away and then come back mm -hmm. in a bit um the game uh, i think i think the gameplay sections of the game do quite well get across a simple but powerful idea um 
The game then does kind of take a bit of a tangent where it goes more into the developer wondering if it's okay for them to make a game about their own trauma and just sort of musing on is making a piece of experience about my trauma okay or is it, you know, sort of using it as a sales tactic and whether just sort of mm. questioning whether making commercial art about your own struggles, like the, dealing with the, 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 the sort of weird guilt that can come with creating something out of your poor your bad yeah. experiences. Um a lot of that is not dealt with in gameplay sense. It's it's a lot of text that's delivered. I think it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to read, but it's definitely not like where where the crux of the game is sort of like how to sort of get through and survive traumatic situations. That that is here is a gameplay mechanic that we have that is built around enforcing an experience, which I think is a more interesting use of video games as an art form than I'm just going to do several pages of text talking about a thing. Mm. I think it's all very interesting, but I think the the bits that are gameplay feel better thought out. Mm. Um, but it's 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 pretty short. Like there's nothing to be lost in just giving it a go. Um, it is. It has some really insightful stuff to show, even if I don't think the entire experience is as cohesively thought out as some as its better parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I finished playing Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, how'd, how'd that go? I dislike Indiana Jones as a character. You don't say. I, I mean, I didn't really remember a lot of it. I, I know as a kid I used to watch Temple of Doom over and over and over again. Yeah. That was my, my on-repeat film for a while. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a he's a bit Don't of just a... grab and kiss people when they're angry at you. Yeah, he's a bit of a misogynist, yeah. um, c- colonializer. Like everything belongs in a British museum, American, American, uh, a Western museum. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just like let's go around and destroy all these things and take all these things. Everything is mine because I am an explorer. Mm-hmm. And I, I back myself up by claiming to be some kind of scientist. <laughs> hmm. Science. Hmm. I've never seen a scientist jump and and you know catapult themselves around a room like that. You are you are a thief. That's what you are. Pretty much. <laughs> and like just completely destroying Atlantis. It's like yeah. just popping into Atlantis. Oh, I'm gonna drive this thing through a wall. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was definitely when he he um kissed Sophia and I was like, no, no, I do not like you. Yeah. I'll get through this because I I remember the rest of the the plot generally being interesting. Yeah, but Doctor Jones, I am not happy with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um killed some Nazis, so that was well, good. I mean, that's that's a positive. I mean, that that's really why you play an Indiana Jones game, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I played was I played a bit more Void Bastards. Oh yeah! I finally got the first key item. Ooh, look yeah. at you go! Uh, after owning it for a while and having played it now for about five hours, I finally got a key item. Yeah. Wasn't 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 a fan. <laughs> um, played some Binding of Isaac on on your stream. Oh, yeah, I finally beat Mum. You did. You yeah. did it on stream. On stream. 
Yeah. I think it was the power of the audience that helped me get through that. Yeah, you had you had some real good power-ups working there. Apparently so. And I had <laughs> Jim and Conrad was bringing my ears about what was going to be... What was good to do. <laughs> Although you kept talking about things, it was like, I've got this power up, and it doesn't seem to be doing what you're talking about, so I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, you had one that, um, theoretically should teleport, if you get hit by any damage, you get teleported out the room to have to start over, but because you had a thing that was doing auto-fire, it was never triggering. You had a lot of stuff that was interacting in odd ways with each other. I mean, isn't that how point magic generally does? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't sit there playing it with the wiki open, so I don't know what any of this stuff does. I recognise like half of it. It's been so long, and I couldn't even work out like the buttons for like um, pills and cards and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like bombing stuff, and sometimes using my whatever the primary special thing was. Yes. But I couldn't work out where things like wherever the pills button was. Oh no! So I don't know what's going on. I'm just here to vamp for time. <laughs> you did excellent vamping. And now I'm feeling very intimidated because there's at least three people who play Binding of Isaac pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you beat Mom. You you played pretty well. I had to. <laughs> there was pressure. There was, I was compelled to at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that's everything. Um, should we do a quick rundown of other things that are in that bundle that people might want to look at? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's stuff like uh, Tonight We Riot is a big thing that's in there. I've heard um, good things. Yeah, it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up that's sort of a bit like Pikmin in that you collect a bunch of people together to basically go tear down capitalism and, you know, start fights with the police and throw bricks at cops. And it's like four hours long and it's a really good game. Nice. You if can... you want to feel less guilty about playing Night in the Woods, that's in there. Yep, yep. Uh, Night in the Woods, just like maybe do some Googling about the things that go on around that game and go in informed. Mm. Oh yeah, it's um, a lot. Yeah, like, I think that game's fantastic, but like, all... here's the... Uh, you, you make your own judgments. You got it in a charity bundle. They got no money out of you. Uh, that's See, that's why I said you can feel less guilty about it. I, yeah, I suppose so. That is that is that is an in. Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Langaskov and the cursed, em- a terribly cursed emerald um, is a pretty short game, but it's by the people that did uh, the Stanley Parable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Simon Amstel narrates a lot of it. Huh. Um, it is. I don't want to say any... It, much like the Stanley Parable, I don't want to say what it is until you sort of get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer for it, much like the demo for the Stanley Parable, is tonally, but not exactly representative of the game. It's a cool little thing. Hmm. Uh, were there any other cool ones you'd seen in there? I mean, I don't know what most of them are. I, I picked out Art School specifically, because I remember seeing that a while ago and going, I want to play that game. I have not yet installed it. Uh... Uh, oh, there's there's the uh, the the opening sort of prologue hour of a game that I was really into when I tried out earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, called "Don't Take It Personally." I just don't like you, which oh. is a dating sim in which not every character is gonna like you. Oh yeah, and maybe tell me about you that. Sort of, you know, you may invest time in someone and they just aren't into you, and you have to kind of be okay with that. I'm um, just looking at Democratic Socialism Simulator. Uh, is that a cat in a hat? That is a cat in a hat. I've not had a chance to try that yet, but its art style looks adorable. Yeah. Um, there are... Which, which other ones do I know already? Uh, there's a game that I don't know anything about it other than it's called Hot Gay Bro Dragons. That sounds amazing. I know, right? Um, 
Oh, uh, I think Nuclear Throne's in there. Oh, yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, there's, a, there's a game I've not had a chance yet to try called Sewer Rave. And <laughs> it's about a little... Some rats having a rave in a sewer. That nice. seemed kind of cool. There's, yeah. a, there's like a thousand games in there. I've, yeah. I've barely scratched the surface. For as little as five bucks. Yeah, I think I downloaded like 30 games to be like, ah, this will get me started. Oh, I, I started with like four. <laughs> I started a big list to be like, okay, well, I'm going to try and get through these in the next like two weeks. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I will review all of them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then, time for this. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the first conference of Not E3 2020. We, we are here to announce our... New, brand new, next generation games console. Is everyone excited? We're also here to announce our next generation console. Oh, oh, um, uh, well, uh, I suppose we're up first. So, um, uh, first, we should talk about the price. Um, our new game box will cost six hundred. Our new games console <sighs> will be much closer to. F- Our game system will be $400 on release, available in a 60 gig and a 1 terabyte version. It's going to be 80 gig and 1.5 terabyte. Ours is going to have ray tracing, crossfire, SLI. Ours is gonna have uh, ray tracing and tress effects. Ours is gonna have uh, sixty teraflops, Eight, eighteen teraflops. Uh, we're gonna have proprietary controllers that are come in the box. You get two of them, so you can play with your friends straight out of the uh, box. Four of them. Oh god, and, we can't afford this. And oh, this fuck. is going to be pa- pack-in titles. A uh, pack-in oh. title on our, our system. Pack-in titles. Uh, there will be... Uh, two... Pack-in in titles. With our, our launch of this come... Hey, 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 hey. Wow. We're both going to bankrupt ourselves if we try and uh, one-up this pissing contest. Should we, like, you know, back and forth at one, you know, like, one of us gets one good thing, one gets the other good thing, we just, like... Because we're... I can't afford to do this. Sure, sure. I, I know just the very thing. Gameplay trailer! Ah, gameplay! First gameplay. Do you struggle with waiting? I'm just so impatient. Do long periods between cause and effect make you physically uncomfortable? There's nothing I hate more. Are you left barely able to think about anything but the outcome while you wait, meaning you're unable to complete even the simplest of tasks in the meantime? I just want to get on with it now, 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 now. Try patience, soul. Just take one when the feeling starts, and you'll be able to get on with your day. Patience, soul. Live your life while you wait. Thanks, patience, soul. So, what have you put in your eyes? I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about artificial intelligence. Ooh, any particular reason? Uh, well, the algorithm, the the almighty algorithm recommended Uh... me, like, one video. And I really enjoyed it, and then I just sort of fell down the rabbit hole. 
Um, so there's two channels, but it's the same presenter on both. Uh, there's the channel Computer File, uh, and also Robert Miles on YouTube. Robert Miles is the person in a lot of the Computer File videos, but... Is Robert Miles the music guy wrote the track Children back in the 90s? M- may have done, I don't know. Um, Possibly a different Robert Miles. Probably a different Robert Miles, I would guess. Um, so his whole thing is that he... He is a researcher in the field of artificial intelligence safety and how you, if, if in in the field of artificial intelligence research and the whole field of people trying to create, like, how can we create a computer program that is sentient, that can think, that can act, that can learn, that can grow, that could eventually be a super intelligence? And his whole thing is thinking about the various problems of how do you develop AI in a way that is safe. Um, so a great video, and the one that got me sort of watching his channel, was this video about um, if you were trying to create a robot with an artificial intelligence in it, and you needed a stop button that was a a defense in, in case something was going wrong, mm-hmm. you know, how, how you would do that. Because it seems like a, a simple, obvious thing. You just, you know... Let's say you the example they use in the video is let's say you programmed a robot to build you a cup of tea. The way you would encourage it to go make you a cup of tea is you'd assign a score to it, so like a hundred points if you go make a cup of tea. Then it you know it's going to make the cup of tea, and there's a baby crawling in front of it. It goes well. There's no point deduction for running over a, a baby. Uh, you know that's that's not the hundred points I get for building the cup of tea. Uh, you know, so we. So you give it desires yeah. and fears. Yeah, so you give it desires and fears, and like let's let's say you build a a stop button, um, and you try and press the stop button to be like, oh, you're gonna walk over that baby. I need to hit the stop button. The robot's gonna try and stop you pressing the stop button as soon as it has a concept of what that is, because I get a hundred points if I make the cup of tea. If you press my stop button, I can't make the cup of tea and get the points. So you've made a button that. You haven't told it it can't press the button, uh, it can't stop you pressing the button, but it knows it can't make its cup of tea that gets it points if you make the if if you give it the stop button. Um, so then you start going like, okay, well maybe I'll assign some points to pressing the stop button. It'll be less points, but you know, like, you know, don't it stop. Might try and press its own button. Yeah, this is this is the next point. Is it goes like, yeah, if you give it say fifty points instead of a hundred for you know let, letting you press the stop button. I've seen this sort of um, thing yeah. with uh, AI for um, like playing Mario and stuff. Yes, and they were like, ah, we've worked out that it's doing this. Yeah, because it seems to think that this is a good idea. Yeah, because like you you then go to like, okay, what if you put the button on its back somewhere where it it can't reach it? It might then, instead of going to press the cup of, uh, to make the cup of tea, head straight for the baby because it knows. Well, if I do that, that's easier than making the cup of tea, and you'll press the stop button, and I'll get fifty points. So it's it's trying to work out how do you install a safety. So then you go like, okay, what if we made the stop button something that wasn't attached to the robot that a human had? Okay, well you still run into the same problem. The robot might just go for the really easy behaviour that gets you to hit the stop button rather than going to make the cup of tea. What if you make it so that the robot can't be aware of the stop button? Well, that's that's a problem. Is how do you, if you're trying to create something that is genuinely intelligent and learning and is able to learn, mm. how do you program in, you cannot ever be aware of the concept of a stop button? Because there are so many instances in which a robot in life, 
you know, it might walk past the, the microwave in the kitchen and go, that's got a stop button. Ha, huh, I wonder about stop buttons and machines. Yeah, but if you put it on their back, somewhere they can't see it. Yeah. And I'm, I've already assigned yeah. pronouns to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, like, it's somewhere they can't see. It's <laughs> not part of, like, the their, like, neural processing. Yeah. It's just, like, a direct thing to the, the battery that just goes and do stop. Yes, yes but that, again... It will most likely pick up on the scenarios in which it was stopped. It it will go, well, what was I doing when I was stopped? I'll do that again. It's it, it's a it's an oversimplified situation, but it was a, it was used yeah. as a sort of ballpark for like these are the kind of problems you get into when trying to build safety redundancies into AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a whole channel of just like lots and lots of conceptual videos on these kinds of. Topics. Um, I made a note of some of the specific videos that I was watching. Psychological philosophy. There was stuff like the AI stop button problem. Um, Yeah, um, this is probably to do with the video uh, on the topic of that sort of video gaming one that you talked about um, thing there. The like computer solving computer game problems in weird ways. Mm -hmm. Like um, the classic example of this is trying to train an AI to be like. Make an, a creature that runs fast, and it you know how far it goes horizontally in a certain amount of time is how fast it is. So the computer would create things that were tall and then just make them fall over, because mm-hmm. then well that that went vertically quite fast. Yeah, or the ones where they try and like this thing has a body and legs. Yeah, try and you have to get to the end. Very often it will just end up like piling its face uh, sort of yeah. straight down into the dirt and then just like yeah, or spinning um, legs. There was an AI for the game Cubit mm-hmm. that they programmed to be like, hey, hop on as many things as you can to get to get points. Trying to get it to play Cubit. Oh, is this... that the one that found the? Yeah, it found a bug. Easter egg. It found a bug that allowed it to stay on the level indefinitely, never finishing the level, but racking up infinite points on an empty level that nobody knew. Yeah, was no there. one had ever found it. This AI was like, I oh, found it, done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there was a really interesting video about how do you teach an AI not to seek like one thousand percent efficiency, like because a lot of problems you would get an AI to solve, like. Um, get as many, collect as many stamps as possible. If an AI is searching for peak efficiency, peak efficiency might be, well, we we get rid of everything on the planet that isn't stamp collecting and turn the entire planet into a stamp collecting resource. That would be efficient for collecting stamps. Yeah. How do you encourage an AI that you've set, like, this is your one task to recognise that there are limitations and to Mm. set, like, limitations that are reasonable? Yeah. Um... There's a great video about um, Asimov's Law of Robotics and why they just simply don't work mm-hmm. and why they're not a thing. You can't Lovely just the idea. But... Yeah, you can't simply program a robot to say you will do no harm to humans. It's like, well, you get into this whole moral debate of what constitutes harm, uh, what, what constitutes, constitutes a human. human. Yeah, like uh, unless you're ready to program into a, into this AI. At what at what exact point in from conception to birth does something become human? You know, what what is emotional harm? Harm is you know. There's so many moral questions that you have to pre-solve in order to go don't harm humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a great one about uh, the AI that play various games and why Go as a 
board game is like the holy grail of like really impossible to program good AI for. Um, I do not know this game. Uh, it is, I believe, it's Chinese. It is a um, it, it's lots of circles on a on a board. It's kind of it looks a little like checkers, but it's black and white circles. Um, the problem. Oh, you mean like Reversi or Othello? Uh, where it's like you put one down and it flips over the colors of everything in the line. Um. Possibly, it may be similar. Um, okay. But yeah, because they they talk about the fact that it's easy to program for chess because you can assign values to like the queen is a more valuable piece than the pawn. Mm-hmm. You can assign values to to board states, mm-hmm. but when all the pieces are essentially the same value, it's very hard to program an AI that can think ahead steps on it. Mm. So yeah, I've been I've been on a real deep dive on AI safety and teaching AIs. Awesome. So check out uh, Computerphile and Robert Miles on YouTube. Oh heck. What about you? Oh. 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 Well, I, I, I finally saved up enough to get my computer. <laughs> yes, you did. So I've spent most of the week watching how to build a computer. Yeah. These days. Because it's been, for, oh God, nearly two decades since I last... Even sat yeah. in the same room as someone building a computer. Yeah. In in the space of a week, you've gone from probably knowing less about computer building than me to definitely knowing more about... Uh, at, at the very least, knowing more about modern computer specs and hardware and what's going on in the computer scene right now I, than I me. I can tell you about what's going on right now. Right this <laughs> second. This week, here's what's happening with the computers. Yeah, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure in... Six months, it will all be completely irrelevant again. <laughs> right now, I can tell you that what I've made is an alright computer. It's better than alright. It is. A... It doesn't have a 2080 Ti in it. No one needs a 2080 Ti right now. Or multiple Nvidia Titan RTXs. <laughs> you have you have 32 fucking gigs of RAM and a graphic. I'm going to be doing video editing. Yeah, and a graphics card that can do entry level ray tracing. It's a you, 2070. You're, you do, you've built a pretty damn alright computer. Seems alright. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've basically been like, how do you put a computer together? I even found a video of someone with my motherboard using a very similar processor. I was just like, yeah. okay, I, f- I feel better about this now because I understand what's happening. Yeah. I've watched lots of like tech specs about this stuff. Um, things to avoid. Things, things that, like I watched one today that was really interesting of... How not to build a computer. Yeah. Like, all the things people tell you not to do. Mm. Like, don't put the motherboard down on carpet. Don't... Yes. Don't, like, handle, like, all the, the copper... Uh, all the connectors on the, mm. the RAM. Don't, uh, like, throw things around. Definitely don't rub the motherboard on the carpet while you're doing this. <laughs> don't put too much thermal compound on. Yeah. Um, like, don't put, like, all of the fans pointing outward and none of them pointing inwards. Yeah. And they get to the end of it and it posts. And it's like, okay. You've handled this, like, in the roughest manner possible. You've done everything people say not to do. And and it works. Like, it's not ideal. Really, you need to sort those fucking fans out and maybe clean up the thermal paste because you yeah. might get shorts if it's starting to spread to the rest of the board. But overall, like, the fact that you can still do all that, don't you don't have to worry too much. Worry. Yes. Be careful, by all means. Yeah. 
be but cautious. Don't yourself. <laughs> be cautious, but don't get paralysed by fear. Yeah, which which I think was really comforting to watch. Yeah, yeah. As Os- someone who's always been like, okay, yeah, you've got to make sure that you're t- constantly touching like the radiator <laughs> while you touch any of the components, because if there is even one iota of static on you, everything yeah. is dead. Nothing. It's it, it's it's not as bad as it once was. I, I, I don't know if it's like a, a what once was or, or, or what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's not as scary as it, it's been made out to be. Yeah. Largely by, like, yeah. really... What's the, what's the word when you're, like, uh, gatekeepy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really gatekeepy um, PC nerds. Yeah. Yeah, like just like oh no, you've got to do it absolutely this way, otherwise you wreck it, and you've yeah. got to have this. And People have for it. whom PC building is their identity. Yeah, I think a lot of my PC fear comes from the fact that uh, when I was working retail, my assistant yeah. manager used to like every three months he was upgrading at least some part of his computer. Yeah, like if there was a new graphics card out, he was like going, "Okay, I'm going to buy one of that. I'm going to do tons of overtime. I'm going to offer to work at other shops." To get as much overtime in as possible. I'm not going to drink this month. I'm not going to go out this month. Yeah. I'm going to get the new motherboard and then I'm going to sell my old one for probably half what I paid for it three months ago. I'm going to stick Ooh. that in and then I'm going to play like uh, Day of Defeat, I think was his game of choice. <laughs> um, just like for hours and hours and hours. I lived on pasta, beans and cheese because it was really cheap. I mean, he found what he enjoyed, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, at that point, it wasn't a computer so much as a pet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't understand it. I'm not, I was, you know, it's. I'm not going to yuck his young, but like, yeah, do it, what makes it you felt happy. Excessive. <laughs> yeah, not not for me. No, I couldn't dedicate my life to that. And yeah. I, like, like I think once this period of building PC is out of the way, I'm gonna um gonna be past that. The main reason I brought all this up is that um, I don't want to mention the names of a lot of these tech oh, people yeah. because I've like watched a bunch of videos and learnt things about processors and learnt things about RAM and learnt things about how silly RGB can get. Yeah, and then gone. Hey, we built a PC for PewDiePie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... stepping away from you. Yeah. There's a few channels that I have noticed you're watching and gone like. I'm pretty sure that's one of the... I think uh, that's one of the bad ones. I don't know anything about any of these people because I don't usually I, get involved no, in it. No, I've come across some of their names because working on the internet, oh, yeah. but like, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, I wasn't certain and then I forgot to Google, but there's a few <laughs> where like the names have been like, that's a really familiar name. Why do I know that name? Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know about computers at this point. I know how to build a computer, and I'm probably on Thursday I will be building yeah. one. And and watching watching you put the new computer together and hear about all the parts of it, I've been like, I I I could <laughs> I could I could computer. You're gonna replace the dust box, <laughs> and the precious dust box. <laughs> Upgrade or who knows? We'll see. At the very least, I'm waiting for that PS5. And by the time this goes up, the PS5 reveal event will have happened. But like. If that goes up for pre-order, I should probably know how much that is before I put plonk money down for a computer. You mean you would get p- rid of this precious fursuit? <laughs> I'm really teasing, I'm sorry. You're being very you. mean. I'm sorry, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> and I think your PC looks beautiful. <laughs> it really does. It's a lovely colour. Yeah, the, the, a lovely design case. Yeah, it's, it's a nice case. 
Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, I've uh, been watching some of the same stuff you have. I watched some of that um, that Tom Scott. I Ooh, keep getting yes. like things you may not know. Yes, um, I I watched one video in particular of his this week, which Ooh. was um, about a a programming uh, question that's often given to a lot of first time programmers in mm-hmm. in job interviews, which is um, the fizz the fizz bug uh, fizz problem. Buzz. Fizzbuzz, which is apparently a, a children's game where, like, you count up numbers, but every time you say a multiple of three, you say fizz. If it's a multiple of five, you say buzz. And if it's a multiple of three and five, you say fizzbuzz. And trying to program a computer to do this problem. And the reason it's apparently set as, like, a beginner programmer problem is because there are a thousand different ways you could approach the problem, and depending on how you approach it should tell your employer a lot about the way you think about programming. Hmm. Um, what about you? What sort of Tom Scott videos have you been watching? Uh, I watched the one about Dasani Water. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, like, about how that basically just fell on its ass because yeah. we weren't ready for filtered tap water in this country. <laughs> Partly because of the whole thing with um, Only Fools and Horses. And and partly because there was also some issues found with their water here, which is why you can't buy Dasani water in this country. Nope. <laughs> you can buy many other types of bottle tap water, but not that one in particular. <laughs> um, and the really good thing I watched this week was, uh, was Poketoons. Yes, I watched this as well. Uh, well, you know which Pokemon it is. I know Mimikyu is in there. Yes, the uh, Scraftree, I believe. It's the one that looks like it's constantly holding its uh, its trousers up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got oversized, big baggy trousers. And it's done in the style of those sort of classic Merry Melodies cartoons. Yeah, yeah, but with obviously slightly higher resolution and stuff, but it's definitely that sort of style. Yeah, um, it's beautifully animated. Oh, God, yeah. And it's it's very well sort of paced to the musical orchestration behind it. Yeah. Uh, it's it is a little bit slapsticky in places. Yeah. It? It's it it is a silly no words required to watch it mm-hmm. uh, video about like oh oh following this Mimikyu that's dropping a bunch of treats out of its bag. Oh silly slapsticks ensue. And and yeah and a we a brief glimpse of what might be <laughs> un, under the Mimikyu. Oh, you don't want to see that right away. It's a brave person who looks at what's under the Mimikyu. Um, and the, like, the, the, like, it didn't feel cheap, but the way they were sometimes reusing, like, a few frames of animation. Oh, yeah. Just like, I know that, I know that trope, that's really (laughs) good and you've used it well. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is a gorgeous little bit of animation, I would love to see, like, more of that be a thing. It's about, what, five minutes long, seven minutes long? Yeah, it's, it's long enough to be like, yeah, I feel like that was worth sitting down to pay attention to. It feels like something that the BBC would have stuck on back in the 1980s, because they needed to fill time. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing I watched is I watched the new episode of Last Week Tonight, uh, John Oliver's oh, yeah. uh, sort of newsy, breakdowny show, and it was a big old important episode this week that talked about the prison system uh, and prison reform and mm-hmm. the police and a lot of things that are very important right now. Um, I think a big thing that it touches on that I think is really important is the whole discussion around how the 13th Amendment was basically a way to keep getting unpaid labour out of black people after slavery was abolished. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, you can still have unpaid uh, an unpaid workforce if you imprison them first. Let's arrest a bunch of black people. 
Um, there's a lot of like very sensible talk in the video about stuff like uh, abolishment or defunding of the police. Um, it is is a is a good is a good video. Nice. Is well well handled. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything I've watched this week. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I've watched is lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of videos on Twitter of the police being fucking awful. Well, I mean, yeah. Although one very positive video. Mm. Did you see that statue that just tripped and fell in the river? Oh, it's so impressive that it tripped and fell all the way into the river. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure many witnesses would say exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I was home that day, but even I I could see it from here. It, mm. it, it tripped so high, I could see it yeah, from here. It and just tripped it, straight in the river. Straight in the river. And no one is to blame whichever police force it was that was like, we are very interested to find out who was involved in the thing. Nope, definitely just slipped and fell. <laughs> All the witnesses. <sighs> mm -hmm. uh, well then, time for this. Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like video games? I do like video you, games. I am shooketh by this revelation that you I, I know it's, video games. It's, it's almost like I decided to talk about them a lot. Right. Well, I imagine that you pay a pretty penny for those video games. Well, on occasion, definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, as somebody who has to go through a lot of them. And not yeah. always getting them. I uh, don't always get them from the the PR people. Sometimes no. I do have to pay for a video yeah. game. Well, would you like to pay less for those video games? Ah, so something like you know that that charity bundle we talked about earlier. No. No. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, okay. T tell me more. I guess. Why not check out V2G? It's a game key reseller. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, apparently. They have games keys for many of the most popular games around at the moment. Yeah, going for a fraction of the retail price. A suspiciously price. low price, you might say. I, I mean, it it is unusually low. Yeah, like no one who has legitimately purchased a game is going to sell that key for that low. You would think. You don't think so? Well, I mean, that's it's real, real low. But but how would they get them if if not? Not legitimately. They, they couldn't have fallen off the back of a truck because they're digital codes and that's exactly. not how that works. Unless it was like, a digital truck. I mean, they could have fallen off the back of a digital truck. Like a big email with a bunch of codes in it might have just like toppled over and into their, their yard. Oh no. Oh no. The only sensible thing to do would be to carry them all together and... Yeah, aggregate them Aggregate together. them and sell them, sell them on. on. Yeah. So that they can get to new homes. To new homes because video games need to be yeah. That, yeah. That's probably how it works. So it's V2G, a video game key reseller that doesn't... Oh, oh, definitely not uh, knock off anything. Definitely, uh, no. It's weird that they felt the need to accentuate Did... that particular... Yeah. Really underlined, definitely not stolen. Definitely. Definitely not. Definitely not stolen. There's V2G, head over there and click the link for... Jesus... 95% off some of the top, like, top 10 video games this month. <sighs> with the code QNPS121. 121? 121. That's that's like a resale. It's from one person to one person. Ah, or V2G. Oh. Ah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Hector Softworks. Hi. 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 So, so, uh, important, important, uh, information on docket today. So, sure. uh, you know how we, we, we 
we had that deal running with that indie studio. Uh, oh, the the game, and we bought the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. Uh, we were gonna we were you know pay, paying them money, and they were gonna publish it under us, and you know that was all. Yeah, thing. and I kept saying how I wasn't entirely comfortable with the paying money. Yeah, but... yeah, like you know they they've been making the game, and it's been great. But like, yeah, they came back to us the other day and were like, "Hey, we would like slightly more money." Yeah, I'm... like they they used the royalty word. Royalty. It's where they take money. It's mo- with the wanky wave, yeah. The- you know, it's the one where uh, they take money every time the game is sold, not just Ooh. like once. No, yeah. No. So, so I've I've got a plan. Good, good. I'm glad yeah. we have a plan. We need to get on that so, shit. We still need the game. Because, like, it's the, you know, we need something in the indie darling slot that we can, you know, yeah. probably win awards for and we've, or something. And we've, you know, made a whole big thing about the fact that we have that game. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we're not gonna not have that game. No. But, like, here's what I think we do. Right. What we do, we don't tell the people who make that game that the game's cancelled. Right. But we contact everyone working on it and right. say, Hey, you're no longer working on it. Do you want to come work for us and work on it? Yeah, I mean, we can make it sound like their employers fucked the whole thing up. Yeah, and we're offering them a safety net. Yeah, hey, uh, it turns out that your employer is no longer doing this. Maybe they didn't tell you that, but uh, we're willing to offer you a safety yeah. net. And hopefully, if enough people, like, panic and think they've lost their jobs and agree to, you know, work on it for us, at that point... The indie team's suddenly not got enough staff to make it themselves, and then yeah. they go, oh, well, you can't make it because you don't have enough staff. And we can probably sue them for breach of contract, because, you know, they then can't present the Exactly, the and then for. we just get the staff that we poached from, I guess, ourselves to make the game for us, and, just without having to negotiate. And then, if the Metacritic scores aren't what they should be, we know not for them a bonus, and we sack them as soon as the whole thing project's finished. You... Fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Uh, not a huge amount this week. No I've, same. Put, I've put a few new songs in my ears, but it's oh. been mainly watching and, and playing this week. Yeah. Um, I listened to a track called Nights Like These by Pigeon Pit. Um, it's one person playing very fast and frantically, almost rushed on an, uh, an acoustic guitar. It... It always feels like they're trying to be half a beat ahead of where they are. Um, a lot of the the lyrics are about about self identity. There's a lot of talk about um, I'm not going to change myself for anyone else. Um, but there's also a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of discussion of being high as a kite and trying to work out who you are while you're going through some ego death. Uh, there there is like the sort of I'm kind of a bit all over the place at the second, but I feel like little bits of stuff are happening, and, you know, maybe I'll come out the other end and I'll sort of, I'll know some things. Mm. Uh, I think that that narrative sentiment works really well with the sort of, like, slightly not quite in time with itself franticness of of the music underpinning it. Mm. It's a very interesting sound to it. I think it works well for the track. Mm. What about you? Oh, I basically just listened to more of the stuff that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I listened to uh, TCIYF. 
Oh, come on your yes. face. Come on your face. Um, live at Afropunk 27. Oh, yes. Uh, band practice, which I thought was quite silly. And yeah. I think anyone who's been in a band probably. Oh, very much. <laughs> they, they, you see what I mean? They've got like a, a very playful silliness oh, to yeah, them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Space Cock Invaders Part 1. Tupperware. I've got to listen to Tupperware. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Um, it's them and it's Ditch Disaster. Oh, uh, it's yeah. them with Skate Society, Sawoto. Yes, yes. Uh, that was really good. I enjoyed that. And I listened to a bunch more um, Big Joni. Yeah. I uh, particularly enjoyed uh, Fall Asleep, Way Out, uh, How Could You Love Me, and New Year. Heck. Uh, I listened to one other song. I listened to a song called A Cab for Cutie. Uh, a cab for cutie um, by a band called Weezer 2 a sequel to Weezer I guess it's a sort of anti-cop punk track with a femme vocalist it's quite raw and distorted cool. it's just a silly thing I stumbled upon this week thank you Spotify for recommending me something with a cab in the title mm-hmm. um, and I listened to the new episode of the Magnus Archives uh, it'll be the, the the episode before most recent Fire uh, Escape. Yes, Fire Escape. Um No, not Fire Escape. Was it, was it, no, it wasn't no. Fire Escape, was it? It was um Oh Recollection. Ah, oh, that's it, Recollection. Mm. Um The Magnus Archives continues to be a fantastic show. Um occasionally they'll do an episode where it's like, oh, that was difficult. That one got to me on a personal level. You mm. you real dug into my fears and said them word for word. Yeah. Show. I mean, they're a horror. They are a horror podcast, and they. It's it's always a good sign that a horror podcast knows what it's doing when, if it touches on one of your specific fears, it 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 can get to the heart of what makes it scary. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no, you understand what makes this fear scary. You've 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 done your homework. Yep. So that continues to be a fantastic podcast, but oh, I had to. I needed a couple of days to be ready yeah, for that you, one. You might, if you're going to listen to it, you might want to check the uh, content warnings for that episode. Yeah, it's um, it's content warnings. I think will be applicable to a reasonable number of people. For yes, that, I think so. that particular episode. Mm. I think with a title like Recollection, it's not the hardest thing in the world to imagine what those trigger warnings might be. Yeah, but. The Magnus Archives continues to be a spectacular show. Absolutely. I'm very curious how they're going to stick that landing eventually. Mm, not long now. Ah, uh, I know. Uh, is that everything you've listened to? Oh, that's everything I've listened to. Well just, just, um, just some punk. Well then, some for this. Mm. Hi there. We're here to teach you about our latest startup. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, so your house is all cluttered and stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. Feels, like, really overwhelming. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so if you just, like, pay us, say, $500, we will send in, like, our team who will help, like, restore spiritual flow to your house, you know? I learned this while I was, uh, like, doing my, my gap year. Yeah? Like, I toured around. I went to some very spiritual places in the world and uh, a lot of them have less stuff in their homes so like there's less uh you see here how you have like your phone and your computer and your tv there and another tv in the bedroom yeah you're just gonna you're just gonna give us that 500 dollars, and you know maybe a processing fee 
and maybe an hourly rate on top of that. And we're just gonna take those things away. We're gonna get rid of those for are, are you. Are you gonna like you know sell them and return the money to me, or like give them to good causes, that, or yeah, I mean it's definitely safely? a cause we believe in. So yeah, we'll get rid of those things. We'll get rid of all your your you know your clothes because you only really need like a few outfits. Right. And we're going to get rid of all your, like, important goods and things. Like, because you don't need all that stuff. You don't need... That's just clutter. That's just cluttering up your home and blocking you spiritually. Okay? So we're just going to, you know, we're just going to take that $500 plus the processing fee, the hourly rate, and I think there's some other overheads in there as well. There's also, like, a bonus package... Where we can help you, if you've got like a lot of shoes, we can help you get rid of those as well. That comes in for another $150. We will also take your phone, you know, if you want to pay for the premium package. I do notice you're not like, you know, taking anything that isn't valuable. Well, I mean, no, it's, it's the having the valuable things that, you know, corrupts you spiritually. And you're... Definitely not just taking them to put in your own home. I mean, I have much nicer things in my home, thank you very much. But, you know, I can have more much nicer things if you subscribe to the Premium Platinum service, which, you know, comes with, like, all the extra bits. We will even take your headphones, like your Raycons or... or No, thank you. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to our decorating show. Today we're going to be making the house very pretty. Very pretty indeed. As mummy is out, uh, we are here looking after the spot. Oh uh, yeah, her spot. Her spot. The spot is very fluffy, very furry. I'm going to start. By drawing a pretty picture on the wall so the wall is more pretty, I will be a rainbow and a tree. Now, you can use crayons for this, or chalks, or anything you have, but today we're going to use Daddy's Sharpies. They're they're the best ones because they don't come off by accident. They don't come off by accident and it's harder to do smudgings. And, you know, if we're doing pretty house and make it look nice forever, we need to make sure it 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 doesn't doesn't smudge. smudge, Now, what are you going to do next? Next, we are going to put peanut butter on all of the carpets so that Spot will enjoy the carpets more because Spot is a big fan of peanut butter. I am also a big fan of peanut butter, but not on the floor. Not on the floor. But if all the floor was peanut butter, then maybe. So we're going to just get all of the peanut butter and rub and it, it in. And there it is in the carpet. There it and is there in the carpet. We will need to get more peanut butter when, when Mummy gets home because it didn't quite reach all the way to the edges, but but Spot seems very happy. And then we're gonna we're gonna take the perfume and we're gonna put it in 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 the toilet so it stops smelling smelly. And it smells smelly, all poopy in the toilet. No. So we, we're putting all of Mummy's best perfumes because Mummy smells of flowers. Mummy does smell of flowers. Mummy does smell of flowers. And 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 then we are going to do some special handprint painting because like when Mummy took the. That we did our hands in the clay yeah. and that is now up on the wall. We're going to add some more of those because our hands are slightly bigger now. 
And we can do it with chocolate spread. On all the cartons, so the cartons will have a lovely chocolate spread pattern, and that will look very nice with that. It go very good with all the other things, the good carpet and things. Uh, and lastly, we are going to make lots of bubbles in the bathroom. Yeah, I have had the water running for about an hour now, and That's the plug up. is. I can't count that high. The, the plug is in, and I put all of the bottles into the bath. And it is it is very bubbly and it's starting to come in, in here now too. I think we've done a very good job. Thank you for coming to our show. Bye. Question time. Sapphire questions. What's the questions? Uh, Sapphire Sunset asks, what was the defining moment of your post-school life? Oh. Oh. I, I feel like it has to be... Launching the Patreon and making games writing my full-time job. I think that's probably the defining thing. I don't know what the fuck my life would be if that one in particular event hadn't occurred. Mm. I think I'd have to go with coming out. <laughs> Again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I was just coming out as I was still in school. Wow. Yeah, where I was in, I was in second attempt at sixth form and I was starting to come out to friends. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I'd come out earlier. Or stayed out the first time. I mean, life's fucking scary sometimes. It really is. Gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, that suddenly reminded me how long I started, how long ago I first started coming out to people. That's a while ago. It's been a long road. Caladry <laughs> uh, asks, uh, have you ever used dating apps? And if so, what was your experience? Uh, huh? Have you? I, I, I don't believe I've ever used a dating app. Uh, there was one point when I was on like 16 different dating apps. How was your experience? Uh, most of them, it turned out, are not as populated as they claim to be in their in their <gasps> blogs. No. No. We've got people from all over the world. You've got like six people on your entire dating site for a, a global thing and a very specialist <laughs> like particular genre of dating. Um, then there was like the trans-specific ones, which is full of chasers yeah. and uh, like fetishists. Yeah. Uh, um, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But that was not how I wanted to be treated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lesbian dating sites, which were a nice mix of you look really good, keep going. Uh, and um, I think the worst one was one morning I w- I woke up, I, w- I started, I got a pop up that I'd had a message from someone. We started messaging back and forth. Yeah, uh, We were having a really nice chat. And I was like, cool, I've got to pop and have a shower because I've got to go to work in a minute. Yeah. But um, I'll be back in a bit. I'm guessing they hadn't read my profile before messaging me. <laughs> okay. Seen pictures and were apparently cool with those. Yeah. Took the time while I was in the shower to like maybe read, read profile and have something <laughs> oh, to talk God. about. And by the time I got back from the shower, it was like, you're a disgusting creature. And and I was blocked. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, literally the first line of my profile says I'm a trans woman. So if you didn't take that much thing yeah. to, to, to read bef- before chatting to me, that's really that's your you. problem. Yeah. This this is why I, 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 I've been lucky enough to be able to find people outside of dating apps to be like hello human being that I'm there is no pretense of dating I will befriend and see where I go I was on dating sites for about 
uh, eight years. I met two mm. people. One of them lived very, very far away. We had three in-person dates, and I got dumped like the day after the second one, and they were still visiting from Norway for three more days. Oh, while staying at mine. Oh, that's... <laughs> so there's three days of me, like, plastering on a smile and getting through the day. I mean, if someone if someone dumps you, I think you're allowed to go, okay. I knew they have didn't to... have anywhere else to go. Well, and I, mean... I couldn't leave them just stranded oh. in a foreign country. It was just when they went, are you going to take me to the airport then? <laughs> I just burst into tears and went, no. <laughs> go home. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry you've had that kind of experience. That's fine. Um, and the other one is the the partner we don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh. Mm. Uh. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when you when six months after you start dating someone, you have to kick them, literally physically kick them out of your house and call the police. Hey. It wasn't going well. It wasn't going well. Oh no! Going <laughs> well. I didn't need to see those things. No, uh, no. Ah, uh, so bad. Gallery would be my answer to that. <laughs> uh, thank you too, Hill. Hi, back in. Hi, back in. If you could make fruit any texture, what texture would you make it for you? Personally, I wish more things had watermelon crunch and fewer were slimy and soft. Oh, if I could have like. Like uncooked carrot texture, but the flavors of various fruits. That'd be great. Hmm. Like pasta texture. Oh, pasta texture's good. Pasta texture's good. Like I like strawberry texture. If it if it was more even throughout, because it's <laughs> like there's sometimes it's a bit harder. If it was always those like nice, really fresh, really soft, like put your thumb through them strawberries. I'll take your word on that one. Not, not a fan. With and without like any kind of aggregation on them. I mean, I can't. No CD beca- because they exist in a multi-textured state. I can't mentally separate out one texture from it that would be nice because it is just a, an amalgam in my brain. So pineapple pasta then. <laughs> pineapple apple. No, not a really big fan of apple texture. Uh, See, I could do apple texture, I could do pineapple carrot. Apple is really one of the few textures I really struggle with. Ah. Uh, mango carrot. Oh, I could do. I could go for some mango carrot. <laughs> Fleshy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine something as fruit that isn't fruit. Anyway. Uh, Tricky asks, if you had a magic blade that could talk to you, would you want to hear what it had to say? Um, yes, because if the Power Rangers TV show has taught me anything, it is that talking blades are just full of, you know, amusing puns and quips. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I would trust my talking blade to, you know, tell me all about how I'm going to defeat the party patrol. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean... If if so, if it's if it's as long as it's not a bigot, I would want to hear yeah. what it had to say. Exactly. I I feel like I feel like if your so- your blade starts talking to you, that's the start of ah, I am the destined one, and me and my blade are going to go on a magical quest across the land. Even if not, like you know, if it's just like Janet the Sword. <laughs> it's like hi, how are you? I'm all right. I'm a sword. Oh no, Janet. <laughs> no, Janet. It's really cool. 
Yeah, talk too. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to get Janet the Talking Sword as a podcast guest. <laughs> if I'm ever doing a stream and I'm like, well, I've got no one to, to hang out on stream with. Janet, do you want to be on stream today? I'd love to be on stream with you. I might be playing. <laughs> well, I'm playing, you're watching and talking about. Oh, yeah, because I don't have any thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be friends with Janet the Talking Sword now. <laughs> You can be friends with Janet the Talking Sword. Yeah. I'll get a cosplay or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the same asks. Have you ever actually existed in an. Uh, have you. Has there ever existed an evil campaign where you weren't primarily opposing an equal or greater evil, where everyone didn't just quit out of discomfort before it reached a satisfying conclusion? I mean, I couldn't even write an evil campaign. Without it becoming, and you have to deal with a bigger evil. Yeah, um, I, oh, I don't know. I don't think I could. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I could get away with, like, it's, because the indie you can do anything. Yeah. And I think when, when you can do anything, you just go, okay, what is the most evil thing I can do? Yeah. I wouldn't want to do those things. Yeah. I, I think there are pieces of media that have done it that are not, like, tabletop campaigns. I think of something like um, Undertale. If you play that through on a genocide path, it never puts a greater evil in front of you. It puts a very strong force for good that is like, hey, I'm just trying to stop you from killing all my friends. The hero? Yeah, it puts, it, it puts the hero in front of you. Like, I think that's the way you do it, is like you have to make the final confrontation the hero trying to save everyone. But also, I think in a video game, there is still that limitation of what's been programmed. Yes. Whereas in something like D&D, there is as much, as your, as much yeah. evil as your brain can imagine. Yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that I'm a really paranoid person. Yeah. But I can, I can think of horrible, horrible things, but I wouldn't want to carry them out. Not for any amount of time. It's like, okay, we'll do a one shot. It's it's gonna be a few hours and we're gonna do a thing, we'll do some yeah. some morally Pe questionable things yeah. to exercise that part of our People ourselves. generally don't want truly evil campaigns as much as they think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I couldn't as I said, I couldn't even write one. I just went, Okay, what are the typically evil people considered to be? And what do they do? Okay. There is something worse, and it is the g supposedly good people. Because it turns out human beings were the monsters all along. <gasps> because I'm very unoriginal. <laughs> uh, that's not actually the whole story. You'll, you'll find out if you keep I'm... using Spolyarmory. <laughs> Stone Monkey Radio, which is available on Spotify and such. Daria Morgendorfer, that's an amazing name. <laughs> uh, how much would would chuck chuck if all chuck could chuck? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck a racist statue in the river? Um, I mean, it'd the, probably the, go for bronze rather than wood. Uh, the woodchuck wouldn't chuck it because it would throw itself in the river. Yeah, didn't you hear? The yeah, statue the woodchuck just fell. Yeah, the woodchuck would not chuck. No, the woodchuck, the woodchuck would be like, "Yep, I uh, see that oh, statue throwing itself in the river." Oh, friend, friend, let me help you. <laughs> Oh no, you fell in the oh, river. You fell. I tried to pull you back. I oh. tried to pull you back. <laughs> For anyone who can't see, Jane is making a pushing motion. Nobody can see. I'm very silly. <laughs> uh, Lucy asks, is a cheeseburger a sandwich? Yes. I, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Between two slices of bread, it's yeah. a sandwich. Yes. Uh, this is the thing I always hated when I worked in fast food, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, Samuel West says, About a month ago, Laura made a comment about how Beyond Good and Evil felt differently to her because people rising up because the government did a crime seemed less realistic <laughs> than when she originally played. Have the recent protests helped restore her faith in that narrative? I mean, I picked a real fucking moment <laughs> to go. I feel like the, the thought of a populace rising up against those in control just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And in my, de- <laughs> in my defense, in my defense, the last three to four to five years have not really reassured anyone no, that that was a possibility. I now, don't think you were wrong in any way. Oh no, I. Hopefully the universe decided to spite me and go, Oh, you don't you don't think this is possible? Well Did you tempt fate? Yes. Tempt oh did fate tempt to you say? Well oh. the world shall prove you wrong. I've never hey, been fate. So, would you like a hopnob? I have never would been you like a hopnob. I've never been so happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean the world has made me able to go back to Beyond Good and Evil, thank you. Mm. Don't you think the police look really tired right now? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a real shame if they just... Went home for a the... nap. Yeah, if we just kept up that pressure, back. huh? Uh, Larry Ellingenby says, uh, Can you all describe a game you enjoy badly and ask each other to guess it? Okay. Hmm. Have you got one ready for this? No. Okay, okay, I've, I've maybe got one. A man hops through countless realities purely because he's 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 real hungry for some some baked d- dessert. <laughs> Jane's got quite the look on her face. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Do you have any? Can I hear it again? Okay, a man jumps through countless realities. Because he's really hungry for some just some sweet baked dessert. Uh, Super Mario sixty four. He's going through all of the various realities in that castle because Princess Peach is like, "Hey, I baked I baked a cake for you." Oh god, is that what the plot that was? The plot is P- Princess Peach is like, "Hey, you should come to the castle. I I've made a cake for you." And he shows up and it's like, oh, where's Peach? There's all these paintings. Guess I'll go through these paintings. It's, yeah, it is entirely because, hey, come to the castle, I made you cake. I forgot that, that cake was the inciting yeah. event of that. Yeah. What about you? Have you you got one? Uh, pollution is a problem and there's special facilities. And then you collect a bunch of stuff and stop the pollution being an issue. Mario Sunshine? <laughs> okay. It's not a Mario game. No. I didn't think so, but because my brain was on that. So can you can you tell me that one more time? Pollution is a problem, and there's special facilities, and then you collect a bunch of stuff and stop pollution being an issue. Oh, is this Little Inferno? No. What is it? Day of the Tentacle. Oh. <laughs> You'd see how I thought Little Inferno because of the pollution out the chimneys and the whole thing at the end with, you know, you you collect a bunch of stuff. I can't remember how Little Inferno ends. I wanted to play it again recently, but everyone in my chat was like, 
I'm very uncomfortable with this. I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to stop If you playing. want to play it with me at some point, we can sit and play through it all. Because I've we been... sit I've, around our little Inferno fireplace. Yeah. I've been craving going back to it as well. Yeah, the fire just brought me. Have <laughs> uh, we got any other questions? Uh, sorry, I was completely distracted by that. Oh, I mean, Little Inferno is a distracting concept. Fire. Uh, fire. Burn. Lucy Nevins asks, what boob is your favourite? I don't have a favourite boob. I feel bad that I have a favourite boob, but Lefty, Lefty is my favourite. Oh, you mean like a personal boob? I meant, of, I, I, I thought it was like of all the boobs oh, in the I, world. I assume like, that... I'm not playing favourites. No, I assumed this was of my own boobs, which is oh. my favourite. Like, I, I like Lefty. I too like Lefty, but maybe yeah. because that's the tattooed one. Lefty, I don't know why I like Lefty. Lefty is... Lefty is a good boob, right? That's a nice titty. That's a nice titty. That's a nice fucking Lefty titty. Lefty is a nice titty. But righty is also a nice titty. Righty is a little bit colder, but you've been holding righty less. <laughs> I've been holding lefty because I've been trying to work out which titty I like hmm. more. Which titty <laughs> do I like more? I just, oh. hmm, just massage the titty. <laughs> they yeah. are both excellent titties. I, left, left is definitely my favourite titty. I'm I'm a big fan of both of your titties. I'm a big fan of both of my titties. I'm a big fan of both of Becky's titties. Yeah, there are many many good titties in this world. I, I mean, not forgetting all of the other titties in the world. There is nary a bad titty in the in this right. world. Right, that some of them are big, some of them are small, some of them are long, some of them are, are, are like more flat, some of them are very plump, some of them are very very plump. All titties are good titties. Titties are good titties. That is all the questions. Well then. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Alright Larry. Alright Barry. How you doing? I'm not too bad mate. Not too bad. Have you uh, been up so much? I've been alright. I've been alright. I've been uh, you know thinking a bit about uh, you know Pride and how that's not such a a thing this year you know. Well I feel that it's basically you know we have bigger fish to fry. Well, we do, we do, and I, I certainly think so. But we also, say pig. a bigger pig to fry. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been thinking a bit about like you know what what form Pride might take next year if and when it you know comes back when yeah. things are in a different situation. And oh, uh, yeah. I think I, f- I feel like I don't know if you agree with me on this. Uh, I feel like Pride could probably do with a year off to. Uh, Reassess what it's what it is and what it's become over the over the years. Yeah, you know, maybe a return to to grassroots and core values. And I, I know that sounds like horribly sort of business speak, but yeah, but uh, maybe a bit less of the business. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like you know, there's nothing wrong with pride being a bit of a party sometimes. You know, having a there's nothing wrong with having a positive a positive uplifting pride. But I think we definitely need yeah. to celebrate. Yeah, but also. Pride doesn't need to be as commercial as it is, certainly. No, no. It does not need to be like, oh, here's the Lynx Africa float and here's the Tesco parade going by. No, I know, I know a lot of the uh, arguments uh, various prides have said why that needs to happen is that, you know, they're, they were basically priced by the city into having to take corporate sponsorship. Well, you know, I, I, I understand that, but also, you know what would be a really good thing to turn around and say at these companies is, is like, hey, if you really want to support Pride, give us your, your donation and support regardless without making it about you. Yeah. 
you know, because it isn't about you. No. And you might you might have, you know, uh, LGBTQIA plus uh, staff. Yeah. They, they can come along. They can, you know, bang yeah. a drum and shout a slogan and, you know, chant for, for, for our rights, yeah. for our continued rights, for our extended rights, for, you know, making sure that all facets of our great intersectional yeah. community are, you know, being celebrated and having all the rights they they yeah. want or need it doesn't necessarily be, need to be woo there's an asda yeah yeah you know and i must say that my stomach turns every time i see like and here's the police oh, well, and here's the military and here's is, the navy that is one in particular i was gonna say is you know this year if, if it has taught us anything is is it's really hit home that whole can we not have cops at pride We've yeah. been asking for this for a while, but can we not have cops at Pride? Yeah, not, uh, not just no cops at Pride, but, you know, the, this is the thing that the, the, I was mentioning earlier about, you know, the cities have said, you know, the, this is costing a lot of money. Well, you know, we have to police these things. I mean... I mean... Have, have you seen angry protesters deal with... You oh, know, yeah, no. That sort of thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when trouble has arisen at Pride, we've largely been able to deal with it ourselves. And yeah. in the few places where, you know, police have stepped in, very often that ends worse for the people marching for Pride than whoever has come yeah. to cause trouble. Yeah. And often the troublemakers end up getting... Well, there was that, that particular year where the troublemakers at London Pride got... A police escort. A police escort, which is, you know, not ideal. Um, but on top of that, you know, thinking about stuff like, you know, having having more protest energy at Pride, having more, yeah. you know, protest chants and, you know, also, you know, addressing some of the, the ongoing problems that we probably should be thinking about. Like, in the UK, um, you know, there is there is London Pride, but there is also London Black Pride, which is a separate event that happens because there's a lot of black people in London who did not feel welcome at London Pride. No. And... That is something that with a year off, perhaps, you know, London Pride should look at and go, what could be done differently to try and change that situation? Because, you know... Yeah, how did it get to a point where, you know, like, the a, a whole community of people just went, we can't be part of your Pride? Indeed. And, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, if, we, if we're taking a year off, maybe let's, let's stop and reassess those things. Like, structurally, what, how, what do we want Pride to be and what should be the, the focus of it? Yeah, I mean, we want Pride to be about, uh, you know, a celebration of what we've achieved and, you know, also fighting for what still needs to be done because there is still a lot of systematic oppression. Uh, You know, it's nice to see, like, amnesty in Pride marches because obviously they're talking about, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world where people are, you know, murdered for their, you know, for their sexuality or, or, or their identity or whatever else. And, you know, it, we need to celebrate more of that. We need to make Pride more accessible. The, you know, yeah. the number of people who don't go to certain Prides because it's it's too busy or the way barriers are set up or the fact that there's, you know, no public toilets. Exactly, exactly. There are a whole host of problems that we should probably be addressing while we've got the time. Absolutely. <sighs> Virtual hug. Oh, yeah, mate, yeah. Oh, I really thought we'd be uh, doing the in-person ones by now. I suspect it's going to be a while. I'm, I'm I'm starting to think it might be spring at this point. Yeah. <sighs> good, good hug, mate. Good hug, good hug. Oh, should we uh, pop our respective kettles yeah, on? Yeah, have respective separate cups of tea. Indeed, indeed. So. <sighs> Lord. 
Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com, that is where I post links to everything that I do, be it written articles, videos, podcasts, uh, freelance features, all that kind of stuff. I have a video series now that goes up every Friday, um, Accessibility. It is a video series that is edited by Justin, who edits the Jimquisition, and it's a sort of highly edited video show about video game accessibility and representation, and I'm real proud of it, and people should go check it out. Um, I've got some books. There is uh, Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is coming out on February 4th, 2021. Darn you, virus. Um, additionally, there's another book that you're going to hear about very soon. Yeah, I've got podcasts as well. Um, there is the Laura K. Buzz podcast feed, where any written article I do that isn't a freelance feature gets a, a audio version of that done, so subscribe to the Laura K. Buzz podcast if, that is how, if audio is how you like to consume things. Um, there is Pixel Squirt, where we talk about video game character pornography. There is Dice Funk, where we talk about... We do Dungeons & Dragons. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and now season 7, where I play a sex cult member Mantis Lady. Um, so that's that's a thing that's happening now. <laughs> what was that? Octopus sex cult. <laughs> Mantis sex cult. <laughs> yeah, but there was an octopus sex cult first. Yeah, there was. <laughs> um... And then I'm on another podcast that, uh, Jane, you can tell us about. Ah, uh, I am the Dungeon Mistress for Polyarmory. It's a 5th edition real play evil campaign that's maybe not as evil as it seems. There are bad people in it, and, and you might consider that the, the heroes are also somewhat morally questionable. Um, you can find that over at a... a lullaby. You can find that over at soundcloud.com slash janearismagnets. Or you can just look for Stone Monkey Radio on, on SoundCloud. Um, basically, you can find all of my stuff, all of my links at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support me and help me do more creating things and hopefully spend more time doing the creating things. And yeah, and then maybe get I get to make that full time one, one day. Uh, I also have stonemonkeyradio.blog where I write things and janiac.redbubble.com where I make t-shirts. I've recently sold a bunch of t-shirts. Yay! I hope that if anyone who's listening has got one of those t-shirts that you are very happy with your t-shirt and or mug. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, there's... Oh, I think that's pretty much everything. So, Laura, sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Ooh.